0: Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into your phone calls, we'll start things out with Brian Travis calling from New Hampshire. Uh, Brian, it's been a few days since we talked to you. uh, We heard from you Monday when you told us about the police raid that occurred at your ranch in uh, here in New Hampshire, in Candia. They brought a bunch of cops in, then then some uh, volunteers, and they came in and they stole a dozen of your 30 horses, and from what I can understand, the only reason they didn't steal all 30 of them is because they were too lazy to go around and try to catch them. So they're alleging that there were some sort of welfare violations. I guess uh, they're also alleging that there's no governmental paperwork for it, and, and now here you are. It's been a busy week for you.
1: It's been kind of busy. Uh, I don't know what they're alleging. I, I, I haven't heard from them. I, I I ask and they say we'll get back to you. Mm. Uh, I say you know where's my horses? Uh, oh, they're in a secret place. Uh, How about the search warrant? Oh, it's sealed. What about the affidavit that shows the uh, what's required by the Fourth Amendment for uh, appropriate uh, re- uh, reasonable cause? And oh, it's sealed. This isn't the Constitution that uh, that I read here in my pocket, but yeah. apparently they're running by some other Constitution.
0: When they say the that it's sealed, uh, what does that mean? Because they showed it to you, right? So you're not allowed to. Do you have your own copy? Can you not release it? What's the deal there?
1: Oh, there's two things. Uh, there is the search warrant, and uh, this is my first search warrant. I mean, yeah, I'm new at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they when they when they uh, raided the the property, uh, you know, all the goons ran across the lawn there. Well, but we'll be alone here in a month or so. Uh, they knock on the door and they hand me the search warrant. And thankfully, they didn't bust the door down. But you know, I, nice I know them. the I know all these cops because you know, I, I, I tend to attract cops. I think. <laughs> anyway, um, the search warrant says uh, see attached. Oh, I have it right here. Look at this search warrant. Blah 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 blah. Um, uh, we therefore command you to make an immediate search of my address. Uh, and a tax, tax cut, blah, 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 see uh, uh, attached, uh, C, uh, attached uh, uh, affidavit. Okay. And I'm looking at this, there's no attached affidavit. And apparently the affidavit is where the human who files the complaint uh, provides enough evidence to go to a judge to say, hey, there's probable cause, that term is in their constitution, there's mm-hmm. probable cause for uh, us to be concerned and to search the uh, premises. Okay. And
0: uh, I,
1: I, I, I looked at it before I, I you know, did anything. I looked at this thing, and I said, where's the affidavit? Oh, you can't have that.
0: Huh. Wow.
1: Well, but isn't the search warrant incomplete without that affidavit? Oh, well, it's sealed. Just give me your gun.
0: Yeah, we're and here it, now. We have guns. What are you going to do about it, sucker?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. what am I, stupid? Uh, here's my gun. I, I, it, I was actually amazed that he didn't take it off of me. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I took it out. I you know, popped out the magazine. I opened it up. And uh, you know, I gave it to him. I'm not mm. stupid, and I'm still alive because of that. Yep, sure. So, um, interesting thing. Um, I-, I told you guys on Monday that I that I filmed this whole thing with my BlackBerry, so the the quality is kind of crappy, but right. It kind of tells the story, but, but I had to cut out a bunch because I had to fit it in that 10-minute YouTube window.
0: You know what's amazing? I've um, uh, just interrupted you there. The, sure. the the comments that the YouTube video has been receiving, the, the negativity from people saying, well, if you didn't have something to hide, you would have gotten some close-ups of the horses. And, you know, it's like these people don't know anything about what it's like to be under that kind of pressure, to have those uh, th- that many people that are armed and threatening and dangerous around you. I mean, I'm sure you weren't really thinking about sim- Cinematic quality, as far as uh, making sure you uh, tell the whole story, as you were taping, what uh, what sort of a, an assault on your freedom was going on around you.
1: Hey, uh, let's not mistake this for a piece of journalism. You know, that's for the journalists yeah. to get both sides of the story. Uh, you know, so to speak. Uh, this is my story, and this is a story that I'm telling. Uh, our horses are still here. The, the the seventeen that they left, they're still here. They're still healthy. They're still happy. They're they're flirting with us. Uh, you know but the but the the people who were on site at the time i had to get them because they were trampling over everything that i own mm-hmm. over all of my rights and freedoms and you know how dare they so i was more focused on that because you know i can videotape the horses later and in fact sam was out here yesterday videotaping the horses
0: of course, they're going to claim that the, the ones rat. that they took were the ones that were sick, and, the, I mean, if that's what they're going to do, that's likely their approach. Well, we only took the ones that were sick, and so, of course, he's going to film the other ones.
1: Yeah, Right, yeah, I, I guess that's what they'll say. Right,
0: right. now, now what but, is the what is the story here? Is my understanding from reading the Union Leader article, and by the way, I think you've gotten a couple, at least two, front-page stories, from what I understand. I haven't seen them myself, the actual front-pagers, but I've seen the online versions, and... It, isn't there one point at which you point out that there was there were never any sort of warnings? Like this was completely – you had no idea this was coming, right? I mean they never sent you any warnings like, hey, your horses look sick. You better take care of that. Did that ever happen? Yes,
1: that, that's correct.
0: So uh, this was just I, out of I, nowhere. I,
1: well, actually, by their rules, by their rules, they're supposed to give a warning. Right, that's what I figured. They're supposed to give a warning and then a certain amount of time uh, to correct the situation.
0: It's just more evidence. I mean, it's as though anybody needs more. They're, they keep giving us more upon more that they have no interest whatsoever in attempting to even give the appearance of following their own rules i mean they, they just don't even care and, and it's because they've been able to get away with it for so long because people just they won't stand up for themselves and of course that's why you were targeted brian is because you and your family are, are willing to actually say no to these thugs when they come over and they demand to search your property and things like that that's why they came back it wasn't because of any sort of welfare concerns for the horses and, and indeed they still aren't talking to the media are they
1: uh, well, yeah, that, that sure looks like it. Sure looks like a, a vendetta. It sure likes, looks like a, a you know my horses are political prisoners. But no, they have not talked to me at all. Uh, I, I ask, uh, you know, where are the horses? Oh, it's secret. Uh, uh, you know, what about this affidavit? Oh, it's sealed. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're supposed to give me the affidavit with the search warrant. So they're breaking all kinds of their laws, and they haven't seen the end of this. I mean, even when we get all of our horses back and we're vindicated, that ain't enough. That, this is this has got to stop because. Oh, an interesting thing, over the last couple of days, my phone number, I don't give my phone number out, but apparently it's, it's listed. I don't have an answering machine or anything. It's just a phone that I can call, make calls out. Yeah, I've been getting calls from all over the state and from other states, a couple other states. People have heard about this story. They've uh, uh, had exactly the same kind of incidents, mm-hmm. the same kind of problems.
0: So believable and so so tragic, and I, I'm glad that you have the the resolve to not only see this through to having your horses return, because because that would be what they would normally do if they were going to give anybody's horses or property back. They'd just kind of dump them on oh. you and say, see you later, and you would never be made whole in any way, because this has been not only an emotionally draining situation, I'm sure, not just for you, but also for your wife. Uh, the, she is the actual owner, from what I understand, the caretaker uh, of these horses, so she's obviously... Obviously, have been having a a difficult time this week. And so them just coming back and dropping the 12 horses in your lap would be nice, uh, but it's certainly not going to make you whole. And so I know that Sam uh, from from the Obscure Truth Network has been talking about bringing one of his mentors up here and, you know, having CD Evolution pay for this, essentially, and have him come up and basically give a seminar and help us kind of understand how to use their system to fight back against them, right?
1: Yeah, jujitsu. Yep. Legal jujitsu, using your enemy's power against them. Because they have a lot of rules, and they don't follow most of them. Just like we yep. don't follow most of their rules. I mean, how, how many laws are you breaking right now? Oh, I, I don't mean, know. Anybody, uh, uh, you two there, or anybody listening? You're breaking 10 laws right now you don't even know That's about.
0: Possible, it. sure. Yep. So, jiu-
1: jiu- jiu- there are just so many of them.
0: So, what's next, Brian? I mean, obviously, we were looking at bringing Randy Kelton in here with Sam to, uh, to work on this. I heard a rumor that you'd lawyered up. Is that true?
1: Well, yeah, that's the sad part about this whole thing. Uh, I wrote a check today for twenty thousand dollars, which God. was a retainer, uh, a retainer, oh, a retainer yeah. for a lawyer. Could be more, could be less. If it goes to jury, it'll certainly be more. Um, so that's twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Who knows how much that's going to be to get the horses back and and to uh, to you know deflect their charges. But how much did the person who complained put on the line for this?
0: Nothing. The phone call to the police or something like that.
1: Right, And how much did the SPCA put on the line? Nothing. So so here's the problem here. well, <laughs> there's plenty of problems, but here's $20,000 dollars, and guess where that came out of? That came out of the barn fund.
2: We' oh, use God. that
0: money
1: to buy a barn to, you know to build a barn this summer so the horses would be you know have uh, even more shelter next winter. I hope so, to thank you SPCA because now they're going to have to spend another winter. Uh, you know, in the in the shelters that we created for them. Perfect. Because you made me give a lawyer this money to get my horses back from you.
0: More coming back here, Brian. Thank you for the call tonight, and thanks for the update. Keep us in the loop. Really appreciate it. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, free for you at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Institute for Humane Studies. They offer 12 seminars this summer in locations across the country. Not only is participation free, IHS also covers meals and housing. Seminars are for those who simply are curious about libertarian philosophy to those passionate about liberty. Even those who want career advice, networking opportunities, as well as lectures relevant to each career path. Go to libertarianseminars.com and get registered today. Deadline to register is March 31st. That's libertarianseminars.com. So, uh, just a few more thoughts on the Brian Travis situation. Again, his home raided earlier this week. Horses stolen. Not all the horses, but some of the horses stolen. And the government guys are completely not even even trying to follow their own rules.
3: I have to say, it's probably the saddest thing I've ever seen happen in New Hampshire.
0: It's absolutely tragic. It's
3: very, it was really a sad video that Brian put up on YouTube. It kind of bummed my morning out a little bit. Well,
0: you know, this is the reality that we're living in. I mean, we live in a place where these men with guns and women with guns calling themselves the government can walk into someone's property and just put their hands on whatever it is that they want to put their hands on and walk away with it. And there's not anything that any of us can do about it. I mean, as Brian pointed out, if he had pulled a gun and shot at these people who are essentially stealing from him, openly walking in front of him and stealing his property. If he were to have uh, done anything violent, he'd be a dead man right now, and his family would be out a husband and a father, and where would we be? No, I mean, then the then the news stories would no in no way be sympathetic uh, to Brian and his family, which, by the way, my reading so far of the Union Leader articles has been relatively positive toward Brian. And it may have something to do with the fact that the government isn't really saying anything. And really, what are they going to say? I mean, Brian has people that are on his side that are saying, look, these horses were in fine shape. Everything was fine with these horses. And obviously you've got the government not even following its own process, not even sending any kind of warning. Just out of nowhere, showing up one morning and coming and taking people's horses from them. So we live in a world where people, these government people can get away with that. And a lot of people will look at it and say, you know, some of them will shake their head and they'll feel glad that they weren't the victims. Some of them will look at it and they'll feel like Brian was the criminal here, that there was something going on, that if the government was going to come and take someone's horses, they must have a good reason for it, right? That's kind of the attitude that some of the comments have.
3: Well, what gets me is if it had anything to do with the welfare of the horses, why would they only take 12? Why wouldn't they take all of them, no matter how hard it was to collect the horses, if it's really about the horses and their welfare? Why only take 12?
0: Because they're lazy. Because the, the other horses, the other 17 or 18 horses, were just kind of out and about. And so in order to take those horses, the bureaucrats and the volunteers would have had to actually go after them and rustle them over into the trailers. So isn't it possible that sick horses could be out and about too? They could be in different places. And if, these, if they were really concerned for those other horses, why didn't they even go and take a look at them? It's because it is, as Brian suggests, a vendetta against him. And, you know, it's so sad that, uh, that the, there's been a lawyer brought into this situation. I know that if uh, Sam had his way, we'd bring uh, Randy Kelton in and try to solve this without bringing in an attorney. But I can understand why people have a uh, natural response to go and do that. I just hope that the attorney doesn't take them for a ride. Considering the attorneys are sworn, they're, they have sworn oaths of allegiance to the state, First and foremost, I know there are some good attorneys out there that are liberty oriented people. I know that's the case. But the reality is they can't challenge the system itself. They can't go after the, the judges. They can't go after, you know, the, uh, the, the, the police. They can't bring charges against these people. There is only a very certain per, uh, small parameter that these lawyers are allowed to work in. If you're not a lawyer, then you don't have those allegiances. You you haven't sworn an oath to anything, and so you can you can approach this situation in a bit of a different fashion. So what a very strange uh, deal. I mean, he's not being even allowed to see the full search warrant. Yeah, and they're not
3: going to tell him where they took the horses. They're in a secret location. Are they in that Mm -hmm. guy's barn? I mean,
0: they're in. I think they're probably in a couple different loc. At least two different locations, two different horse shelter kind of places. So. It's tragic, it's awful, and something needs to be done about it. Clearly, Brian has the resolve that it takes to see this through, as he said, not just to the end of getting the horses back, but to bring up these people on charges and to go after them and to put a stop to this. Because it's time that people stopped taking it. It's time that people stopped being so obedient and putting up with whatever garbage the government people want to throw at them. And so if you want to help this situation out, you can go over to NHFree.com. Check out the forum there. There's a lengthy thread about, so I think it's in the general discussion forum. There's a lengthy thread. It's got Brian Travis in the, the title of the thread. There's some phone numbers in there. You can contact the, the veterinarian, the volunteer vet that was there allegedly examining these horses.
3: That. Gets me, the uh, veterinarian that they paid to come and look at the horses, right? So they gave that guy money, and then a month later he shows up at their house and takes their, help, helps That's take right. their horses. That's really great business practice.
0: So uh, you, there's his phone number. There's the police department's phone number, the Candia Police Department. There's also the phone number of the SPCA, which is the sort of quasi-governmental private agency that was involved here that really kind of made the gears turn on this. And you can call all those people and let them know how you feel about them and uh, what they've done. Because normally when they victimize people, there's no outpouring of support. And that's what's different this time around. Because as Brian was saying, he's been getting phone calls from people all over the place. People who are saying, look, this happened to me too. This is not an unusual occurrence. It just this time it happened to happen to Brian Travis, who happens to be a Free State Project member, who happens to have a whole bunch of people who are activists that are surrounding him that are more than willing to do everything they can to help this situation out. How many times has that happened before?
3: Probably never.
0: Right. Normally, you're, the cops are going to come in. They're going to victimize a family. The family's going to, if they have the money and Brian happens to have a decent from what i understand a livable amount of money so he was able to put down that re, uh, t- uh, that retainer for that attorney the average person's not going to be able to just pull out $20,000 and plunk that down for an attorney and they certainly don't know sam uh, sam from the obscure truth network to uh, to try to approach things in a different direction so what would you do if you were just the average horse owner who had your horse stolen from you You'd probably beg. You'd probably show up at whatever hearings and beg and plead and, and hope that they showed you some sort of mercy. And then that would be it. You know, If you're lucky, your family will come out and sit with you at the hearing, and that's it. That's the end of the story. It never gets reported. It doesn't get talked about. It, nobody rallies behind you, and it's, that's what has changed. That's what's different this time. That's why it's great to be here in New Hampshire, surrounded by more liberty activists than you can possibly count, with more liberty activists than you can even imagine. I mean, we know what the numbers are. We know that there are over 600 free staters here. We know that there are a lot more New Hampshire natives that also love freedom. But it's just, those are just numbers. It's when you actually see them around you, when they've gathered together in order to get active and do something and help out one of their, their fellow man. Unfortunately, at this point, we're only to the point where free staters can really kind of only help out people that are close to them. Eventually, we'll have enough people to go out to courtrooms every single week. We'll have enough people to do fully informed jury association outreach every single month and everywhere across the state. Eventually, all of these things will be possible, but it's going to be more possible with you if you get here sooner. 800-259-9231. You can learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Really drop-dead
4: gorgeous the debut horror novel by liberty-loving Irish author Wayne Simmons. Meet horror's new bad girls, and the chilling Paige Turner, hailed by David Moody, author of haters, as completely brilliant. Drop Dead Gorgeous is available from Amazon.freetalklive.com and all other major online retailers. Go to DropDeadDoll.com now for more details. Live free, then die.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts, lots to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at freetalklive.com. That's Live. Dot com Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative. That's private and confidential guaranteed. Again, that's PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, just a couple more updates here on the Brian Travis case. Horses stolen earlier this week. It's turning into quite a news story. In fact, they're going to have, a, uh, I guess, a reporter... At, with a photographer over at their house tomorrow, and they're going to have a work day. So a bunch of free staters and liberty lovers in New Hampshire are going to converge on Brian Travis's home, and they're going to be. A, there's, it's basically going to be a photo op. I mean, they're going to do some work. They're going to, you know, work on the paddocks and things like that, and the shelters for the horses. And inevitably, there'll be some photos taken. Hopefully, one of them will make it into the newspaper, so people can see that you know Brian isn't alone. That there are people that back him up. That they, these activists are really amazing, great people that are really helping one another in a way that activists heretofore in the liberty movement have never done. And I think it's really ex- it's really exciting, and it's an honor to be a part of all this. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Hey,
0: what's on your mind tonight, Jeremy?
5: Oh, I was just wanting to talk about our little radio station a little bit, if that's okay.
0: Sure. What's going on? Um,
5: well, you know, because uh, John got sued for... Doing free speech and stuff, you know, down there, and then he got sued for three point eight million for for telling the truth, and and then like uh, he's telling, talking about he's gonna file for bankruptcy for like four months.
0: This is the and owner then, of KGEZ radio in yeah. Kalispell? Okay.
5: And, and then, uh, then all the newspapers when he finally does it. I mean, he's been talking about it on the air for like four months. You know, mm-hmm. and then like it's a great big deal, and they're calling us a bunch of camo-clad cronies and
0: camo-clad uh, cronies.
5: Yeah, you know, because uh, I mean, come on, people and, love camo uh,
0: in Montana, don't they? It's Montana. There's well, gonna be a lot of camo yeah, out there,
5: especially during hunting season. Yeah, you know. But anyway, you know, is they're all talking about how we're a bunch of camo-clad cronies and how they're going to attack our sponsors and harass us. Great. It'll
0: be great for, for ratings. I mean, controversy is great for ratings. So, It's not an easy place to be where people want to get you because essentially, I mean, John, John Stokes there at KGEZ has his own radio station. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that disagree with his viewpoint that are very upset about that. Unfortunately for them, the FCC makes it pretty difficult to get your own station. So, and they're probably too cowardly to, to put on their own transmitter and compete. So, and so that's why they have to actually lash out with lawsuits. I bet if they could just put up their own transmitter, they would be less likely to be, you know, have such a stick up their butt.
5: Well, they're always, you know, threatening to harass our, you know, our sponsors because we have fundraisers for, like, if John needs, like, legal fees or something, people donate AK-47s and all kinds of food and, you know, like e-foods and stuff like that. You know, it's a tough situation to be in. We get it back up. There and, uh, I hope he pulls you know, through, and I hope it all I,
0: I hope it all works out for KGZ. And, and Jeremy. I thank you for the call. You know, when uh, when you've got a bunch of advertisers, and if you especially if they're new to talk radio, and I, of course we don't have Mark here to comment on this, but it, but if advertisers are new to talk radio and they're new to controversy, because there's some talk radio that's just not as controversial, and then there's some that absolutely is. I mean, this show can be very controversial, so you. If you're going to sell ads to an advertiser that's going to be advertising on a controversial show, they need to understand what they're getting into. And they need to understand that if they're on a show that takes a very strong position in one direction, inevitably there are going to be people that are very upset about that that are listening to it. And some of them have a chance of making a bit of noise about it to the advertiser. So an advertiser needs to be ready for that. They need to understand that if they've got people that are coming through their doors or picking up the phone and calling their business line complaining about, hey, I don't think you should be advertising on that KGEZ radio station because they're bad. If that's happening, then that means that you are – the fact is people are hearing your ads (laughs) – and they are listening to, the, they're listening to your product. I mean, they're, they're hearing it. Yes, you're going to upset some people, but on the other side of that are all the people that aren't calling to say, hey, thanks for advertising on that radio station. Who's going to call and do that? Nobody is. They're just going to come in and buy your products. Those people are just going to walk through your doors or pick up the phone and call you and buy whatever it is you're selling. Some of them will tell you they heard it on the radio. Some of them won't. Of course, you can structure that sometimes by, by essentially asking them to tell you they heard it on the radio in return for a discount. That way, you have some idea of who it is that is coming in because of the radio ads. But they've got to be ready and prepared for those. You know that small percentage. It's only a very small percentage that is going to be so upset by the fact that your advertisement is airing on that particular controversial show that they'll actually do anything about it. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, as always, you can bring up whatever you want. So uh, there are some other news coming out of New Hampshire, and this is getting national, if not international, attention, as it should. And you may recall, Julia, back in January, Andrew Carroll, who is one of the movers here from the Free State Project from California, he uh, possessed marijuana in public and he did it right downtown here in Keene
3: and he got arrested i actually was very impressed with andrew's protest because i think when you most people think of public marijuana protests they're actually smoking it but andrew wanted to point out a really valid point which is that he can simply he can get arrested for holding a, a flower essentially
0: mhm that's what marijuana is at least the people the people that smoke marijuana they're smoking the flowers of the plant right. essentially right and so that's what he did. He stood out there. He held this, uh, this plant in his hands and was arrested. It, is going to, it was arraigned already a couple weeks ago, and he'll be on trial for it on May 1st. So the whole situation hasn't yet wrapped up, but Cannabis Culture Magazine is covering it. Not only are they covering the story, but they've actually, uh, they, they've actually allowed Andrew to write his own article. So, in the words of Andrew Carroll, we're going to share this with you here. It's from CannabisCulture.com, the great Mark Emery, who he himself is quite an expert at things like civil disobedience. So, I'm I'm sure Mark and his wife have a real appreciation for what it is that that Andrew has done. So, I'm going to share this with you. Andrew writes that in 2007, over 870,000 people were arrested for cannabis possession in the United States, and more than 100,000 people have been arrested so far this year. On January 10, 2009, I became one of those 100,000 when I was arrested for possessing marijuana in Keene, New Hampshire, an act I intentionally performed as a protest against the immorality of the drug war and as a demonstration of the absurdity of incarcerating someone for such a harmless crime. That morning, hours before the protest was to take place, I took out a copy of Walter Kaufman's The Portable Nietzsche and turned it to a random page, Happened happen to open the section of Thus Spoke Zarathustra, entitled On the New Idol, in which the title character speaks of the delegation of one's own power and responsibility for value creation to some external entity, in this case, the state. The new idol, or the state, is seen by her idolaters as the power which grants them rights, as the authority which grants permission to act, as this almost omniscient, omnipotent entity which can solve their problems. There are a lot of people like that around here. Yes. A lot of people like that all across the country, and really the only reason they could believe any of that to be true about the state is if they just weren't paying much attention. You know, if you're just not watching what the state does, then you, I could see how you could be confused and think they're actually doing something helpful. If all you've ever heard them say is, oh, we're going to help the poor, well, you might believe it, right? But if you actually look into it and you find out that, in point of fact, the things that the state does go more, do more to actually hurt the poor, or hurt the people that they're intending to help. So I think a lot of the people that believe that the state is omnipotent and that the state is wonderful, they, don't, they just don't know what they're talking about.
3: They probably haven't really thought about it very deeply
0: no. at all. Who and, and most people don't. You know, Most people are busy with their own lives. They're busy thinking about their families and their friends and their job, their career, retirement, things like that. And that's all fine. The reality is they're out there stealing money from you and oppressing people, and eventually the oppression and the theft comes over to to you in a big way, as it did to Brian Travis earlier this week with the uh, the horse situation. We'll continue with Andrew's thoughts here about the drug war. He says it's time to embrace your freedom and make a stand. I completely agree. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to Amp.com freetalklive.com and you get access to perks like the amp only call-in lines chat room, forum and more that's amp.freetalklive.com so we're sharing an article from cannabis culture written by uh, somebody who is an activist up here in the Keene New Hampshire area. His name is Andrew Carroll you know if you've listened to the show for the past few months that we've had him on as a, as a guest after he was arrested for courageously possessing marijuana in public he'd announced it in advance he did it and he's now writing about it for Cannabis culture magazine. He says rather than fight to protect the self determination that's innate to them as human beings, they seek to deny it through the externalization of their power, their rights, their freedom, and their humanity to the state. For those of you who live day to day wishing only to ingest cannabis without having to concern yourselves with the mindless hobbies of the state, you know exactly what I mean. The state is not your idol. You don't worship the state or derive your moral values from it. Instead, you see it as rightfully and rightfully so as the ever-intrusive, ever-meddlesome entity that it is. Your instinct is to react against the state and know it intuitively to be wrong. And like the strong people you are, you embrace that instinct and continue living your own life in the manner you see fit, despite the state's campaign against you. You struggle on even as the state destroys so many of you each year, locking you in prisons and treating you like criminals. You still struggle on. It's this struggle that you and I share, the perpetual struggle of the individual and the community, of the person who knows that he is good and free, and the state, whose opposing view is much more misanthropic. It is this struggle that I have now dedicated my life to, seeing it as the most pervasive and challenging of our times. The state's coercive habits must be eradicated, its validity questioned, its power kept in check, and the importance and sovereignty of the individual must be embraced now more than ever. For this reason, I and over 600 other liberty-loving people from all across the country and the rest of the world have moved to New Hampshire as members of the Free State Project. The FSP is an organization committed to encouraging as many freedom activists as possible to move to one state. Now, for me, and I can only speak for myself and not others involved in the FSP, it's a chance to aid in the fight to reduce the government's tyrannical nature and in the process create a peaceful, free society based on on the principle of self-ownership part of your condition that relates you to yourself. You are responsible for your own actions, bound by your weaknesses, enabled by your strengths, and sovereign in all matters concerning your own being. You quite literally own yourself. I love how he's really kind of breaking this down for somebody who likely has never been engaged in anything political or anything as far as activism is concerned, who just might might be reading Cannibal's Culture because he loves pot. I'm glad he's breaking it all down for them. I think it's doing a good job so far. It says the basic principle of self-ownership leads to me- uh, leads many to see government intervention in individual affairs to be exactly what it is: blatant authoritarianism in the quest for moral and social conformity. But what business is it of the state to create and enforce laws regarding how the individual ought to best treat himself? What business is it of the state to tell you and what you can uh, tell you what you can and can't do with your own body? At what point, Julia, do you think you figured that out?
3: Um, Well, actually, I've been for legalizing all drugs since I was about 12 years old. I took a Spanish class in middle school, and I remember learning about the alcohol and culture in Europe and how different it is from here where um, in Europe it's pretty common for young kids to have a glass of wine at dinner. And they sort of grow up. Their parents teach them how to drink responsibly. And I'm sure they have some alcohol problems over there. But they don't have that level of binge drinking that we do over mm-hmm. here in the United States where it is, you cannot drink until you're 21 and don't even think about trying it.
0: They also don't have the teen pregnancies <clears throat> that the U.S. does. And it's the same message about sex, right? Don't do it. Right. Do, don't it's...
3: do it doesn't work. So I, I mean, as soon as I heard that, it just clicked and made sense to me, Um, you know, Why A, if you really own yourself, why can't you decide what to put in your body? And B, it's not making it safer, which is what they claim. So I've been against the war on drugs since since I was about 12. That's when it clicked for me.
0: Carol says that you, me, and millions of other Americans agree in a more and more resounding manner each day. It's none of the state's business at all. I and many others who've moved to New Hampshire simply believe it's time we did something about it. Thus, in mid-August of 2008, two weeks after my 18th birthday, I moved to the Granite State from my native city of Whittier, California, and it was quite a change, most notably California is notorious for its year-round sunshine and New Hampshire for its cold winters. But getting past the superficial aspects and onto the more meaningful realities of contemporary social and economic situations, New Hampshire both enlightened and astonished me with its vibrant political atmosphere. New Hampshire's 425-member legislature is the third largest in the English-speaking world. A stark contrast to California's 120-member legislature, which supposedly provides an accurate representation of the values of a population 28 times the size of New Hampshire's. (laughs) California's culture is rampant with apathy and cynicism from the social, economic, and pure class disparity between the representatives and their constituents. New Hampshire, however, is filled with people who call their legislators home phone and might even talk to a representative's husband or wife about how their day went while waiting for the so-called representative for, to reach the phone. Now, I don't think that uh, New Hampshire representatives are still representative. I think that, that's a whole big scam, the whole idea that somebody could possibly represent you and also accurately represent the next guy. I think it's pretty ludicrous, but there is no doubt that what he's saying here is still, is still true. The representatives here are far more reachable, yes. and the campaigns are far, easy, uh, far more easy and cheap to actually run. Yeah. Because if you've got 120 people that are div- uh, divvied up over millions upon millions of population, then it's you've got you're talking about some pretty big districts. You're talking about you have to have some serious money to run for those races. Whereas in New Hampshire, there's really not a lot of money required. So he's definitely on the right track here. He says and as he points out, the cost to run a campaign in uh, New Hampshire is so low that most running at the state level spend less than $500, and they even go door to door and talk to voters in person. Again, try running for a state office in California with $500 and try to knock on every one of your constituents' doors. He says $500 wouldn't even cover the gas. The legislature in New Hampshire is so accessible and localized, it creates an environment of more accountability and far less corruption. The only way the people of California will ever escape the overabundance of lobbyists, media monopolies, and corrupt politicians that accompany their government, aside from moving out of the state, is if it collapses. The path to change in the live-free-or-die state is much more peaceful and adaptable to individual needs and pursuits. The best government truly is one closest to home, and the one closest to home is the individual's government of himself. It is that exact idea that I demonstrated with my protest. The state is not my idol, and I do not worship it. I do not look to it for moral guidance or to govern my actions. Instead, I look to myself, and I think that's where everyone should look. I agree. You should be developing your own moral code.
3: I feel like most people do have their own moral code because I'm a humongous believer that every single person on the planet Bases everything in their life on their own personal moral moral stance, not what 's legal and illegal i mean That's i true. Like, I think most of the most part, the law and order types that I know break certain laws and are okay sure. with breaking certain laws they
0: may feel guilty about it, like you know like the ulti- the uh, the organized religionist who is indoctrinated to the point where he is has been told this is right, this is wrong even though he may actually go ahead and live his life by the, the morals that he's created for himself, he may feel just this overwhelming guilt for it. There, I think there are a lot of people that are in that position. They feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You know, I'm not supposed to be self-pleasuring I, or having I think that's sex a, before I think
3: marriage. that's not, well, you're talking about self-pleasuring. Uh, that All more has to things. do with religion, Drugs, not the law. Whatever. I'd, I think that most think people, when it comes, to, I agree with that, but, but at least with religion, it's voluntary. You can leave that's at any true. point in time if you don't agree with the morals that the church has set for you. And most people that I know that go to church don't follow those morals anyway. But when it comes to laws, everybody breaks whatever laws they feel are okay to break. And sure. that, what that's just because everybody has their own set of morals.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that. No. In fact, you're the best person at deciding what is right and what is wrong. It's nice to have input from other people. I mean, other people can make good points. I mean, there are valid things that can be said. People who have had more experience at certain things, it's worth listening to them. You know, Don't kill people. Don't steal things. I mean, these are some basics that it doesn't hurt to tell people that i mean they may figure it out on their own eventually but it's okay to let them know in advance but the problem is that sort of the doctrinaire way that the state is and organized religion is where it's just all laid down this is right this is wrong and you either obey or go to hell or you obey or go to jail and either way uh people are afraid to disobey now they disobey secretly they'll disobey silently they'll do it behind closed doors but they're afraid to do anything more than that. I think Mr. Carroll, Andrew Carroll, is going to encourage a little bit of that here in a moment. We'll uh, continue with his story and take your calls about whatever you want. As hour number two comes up, 800-259-9231. Plus, if you want to chip in for Brian Travis and his wife's horses, their horse uh, horses stolen by the government, head over to cwf.chipin.com. There's a fund that's been set up there, cwf.chipin.com. Hour two is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. of the show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, By the way, Mark should be returning to us uh, tomorrow night, so he'll be back from his trip to Florida uh, to where he went to, to beg in front of the governor to supplicate himself and throw himself upon the mercy of the almighty state and hope that they will... Uh, grant him his right to, to vote back and bear arms because he was in jail for a long time down in Florida and on a, in a crime uh, involving in a crime he did not commit. And we'll give, uh, we'll allow him to give you the story as to what happened to that, but that's why he's gone, so he'll be back tomorrow. 800 259 9231. So we continue here. We're sharing with you, a, uh, I guess, an op ed written by Andrew Carroll. He's one of the activists that moved here to New Hampshire last year from actually, he came from California. And as he's pointing out in the story, he's really excited to be here in New Hampshire because, well, I mean, even from a po- from a political perspective, and what we're going to talk about is civil disobedience, but from a political perspective, there's a much better chance of actually having some sort of change happen in that venue here in New Hampshire than down in California, for instance. Likely. I mean, even when you ran for city council, Julia, it was an, it was an unpleasant experience for you because, well, it's politics, and that's what politics is. But when even when you ran, you got, what, 23% of the vote or right, something like I that? Right, I actually that got, like, much?
3: yeah, I got 33% of the vote in the primary. Yes. And it's funny because I actually got, I ended up getting only a, f- a few more votes, uh, but I did get more votes in the in the election. So the people that voted for me originally voted for me again, and I got a yeah. few more votes. But the bureaucrats, I think once they figured out what my message was, They doubled in turnout. I still ended up getting twenty five, almost 25% of the vote, and I was shocked with that number. I thought it was incredibly high.
0: Two front-page newspaper articles? Right,
3: and I mean, we spent $60 on the campaign, and I didn't really put much effort into it at all. Right, we couldn't
0: pass out all the flyers because they threatened you with prison time.
3: That's true, too. Because
0: you were going to give away your paychecks, and they didn't like that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess where I'm going with there is that with a very, very minimal amount of effort... You did pretty well. Yes. Um and that was in the that was 2 years ago now right. at this point and there are a lot more activists here now than there uh, than there were then. So I think we're already seeing people uh, gearing up for another shot at the uh, the city council here uh in New Hampshire or oh. here in Keene, New Hampshire where we do this show from.
3: I don't see any reason why if I didn't run again I couldn't win. They say that you never really win on your first try anyway. Oh, now you're just teasing. But I have no intention of doing that ever unless I'm really (laughs) old and bored or something.
0: All right. So uh, we continue here with what uh, Andrew has to say. He says that it's the exact idea uh, pointing, excuse me, he says that the uh, legislature is accessible and the path to change in the live for your die state is much more peaceful and adaptable to the individual's needs and pursuits. And he says that the, closest, the government that is closest to home is the individual's government of himself. And it's that exact idea that I demonstrated with my protest wherein he held marijuana publicly back in January. My, uh, the state is not my idol, and I don't worship it. I don't look to it for moral guidance or to govern my actions. Instead, I look to myself. So when January 10, 2009, finally came, I had already sent press releases to local and national media informing them of my plan to openly possess marijuana and to incite my own arrest. I had even sent word to local law enforcement agencies telling them exactly when and where I would be conducting this illegal act. At 1 p.m., gathering with over 40 Liberty activists, which, by the way, from what I can tell, is a, it's a record. I mean, as far as activists gathering together for some activism not and not just for a social event, 40 people was amazing. And it's only going to get better. He says, I waited in public for the cops to arrive after holding the marijuana in my hand for almost half an hour, displaying it openly without guilt or fear. Members of the Keene Police Department <clears throat> finally came to arrest me with a dozen video cameras glued to their every move. Is that marijuana? One of them asked. It sure is, I replied. Thus, one of them lifted it from my open palm, put me in handcuffs, and walked me away. Video of the rest, as well as the entirety of the protest, hit YouTube later that day, and was actually streamed live as well. As I later watched myself get arrested, the whole scene seemed quite surreal, and I even chuckled at the raw silliness of them treating me like a criminal, combined with the irony of the fact that I don't even smoke pot. Any drug test conducted on me would have turned out negative. Regardless, I found it odd they arrested me for an act that harmed absolutely no one. They put me in handcuffs for doing nothing but holding a plant in my hand, and yet this happens every single day to good, kind people all across this country. Who was hurt by my possession of marijuana? Who had their property damaged? Who had their rights violated? No one. No one, that is, except me. I was kidnapped. And I had my property, the marijuana, stolen from me, left with a minor bruise on my left hand from the handcuffs, and faced a fine of up to $2,000 and a jail sentence of up to one year. The immorality of all of this is so blatant as to warrant utter outrage on behalf of the American people. And the question is not, will the government become worse, or more intrusive, or more authoritarian? The question is, when? And the answer is now, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, and the day after that, unless we take it upon ourselves to draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough. That is the reason I moved to New Hampshire, and that's the reason I'm dedicating my life to the cause of liberty. That's the reason I protested the drug war and had myself arrested to demonstrate the absurdity and inhumanity of it all. I'm the ruler of myself, not the government. I'm the king of my own castle, not the government. And it's about... Damn time someone told the government exactly that. Over at CannabisCulture.com, Andrew Carroll, who is one of the uh, the Keen Yaks. He is one of the people that lives here in the Keen area, and uh, we're absolutely glad to have him here because it's people with that level of courage. People that are willing to actually put something on the line. People willing to take a risk. And Andrew is taking a risk, as he points out. They could throw him in a jail cell for up to a year because of this.
3: I don't think they will.
0: I don't think they will either, especially since they downgraded the charge immediately to a Class B misdemeanor, which means it's only a finable offense. Now, of course, Andrew's not going to pay the fine. And If he doesn't pay the fine, then they could throw him in a jail cell for $50 a day. That's what they'll credit you toward any sort of fine that you have is $50 a day. So, So if you go to jail, instead of paying the fine, the monetary uh, situation that occurs there is not only is are they crediting you $50 a day toward the How fine, nice. but they're also paying to keep you there. So, whereas if you'd paid the fine, the state would, you know, they'd be ahead in the game. But if you go to jail, you're actually just sucking off of their system. Now, of course, some people would say, well, hey, you guys are small, small government. You shouldn't be sucking off the system. Well, stop putting people in jail. That's all you have to do. In fact, if you stop putting people in jail, the government would get smaller because, well, you wouldn't need all that jail space for potheads, people that smoke marijuana or do other drugs. I mean, you've got somebody that you work with who's sitting in a jail cell right now.
3: Yep, And I think I'm the only person at work that genuinely believes that he doesn't belong there. Really? I really believe that uh, the so. rest
0: of them have the attitude yeah. that well even if he, uh even if I also smoke marijuana because I know that you li- you work at a restaurant and uh, a lot of people in the restaurant industry do such things well yeah well you know, it I, wasn't
3: marijuana it was it was MDMA that he got caught with
0: um, oh so you think they'd cut him a break if it was marijuana do they believe that MDMA is worse
3: um I think that a lot of people even if they don't realize it have that mentality people seem to be a little more tolerant of marijuana and it's just around just, more I guess yeah but. The overall, I mean, everyone is well. He deserves it. Maybe he'll learn a lesson. Blah blah blah. And all I see is that he'll probably now re- at least run the risk of just being in and out of jail. You know, living his whole life because when he gets off, he's going to be on parole probation yeah. or probation, whatever it's called. And if he violates probation, which is not hard to do, it, it can Back include in? le- you know leaving the county, which. It's not very far to go. Um, You know, know, we'll probably get back in. I have so many friends like that, old friends that
4: went in jail when they were young,
3: got out on probation, violated probation, went back in, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're 24 years old and they've spent most of their adult life in jail and it's really sad
0: you know the system loves those people they love the 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 fact that people keep coming in right because it means money for them
3: i think most people don't realize that the prison systems operate like a business they want people to come in
0: well, it's sort of like a business. It's
3: business It's not in, fair business. Right. It's
0: not a it's not a business in that everybody is necessarily demanding that particular product or no. service. But but it is something to where if they, they get more warm customers. bodies. Right, if they get more warm bodies in their cells, they get more money. I mean that's the reality of this of that deal. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 9231 but what would happen if we had enough people that had gotten together and all did what Andrew did? What if there were twenty five people that did that? What if there were fifty people that did that? I can tell you They'd have to be setting up cots in the gym at the the jail in order to handle that many people. They can't handle that many people, so the system is just so fragile. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. show is Free Talk Live. It's your program if you dial in and take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 It's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those, including live streams. I've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version all free for you, including the webcam. Enjoy it all at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Dan is on the line in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan.
4: Hey, Dan, uh, Mark's not there tonight.
0: Mark is in Florida.
4: No, well, because I was calling to disagree with Mark. I always call to disagree with Mark.
0: I can play. I can play Mark. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best.
4: Well, uh, actually, somebody asked me the question that Mark has a tendency to ask you about how if the free market ended up and more people being poor, starving, sick, and murdered than the government scenario, then would you still support it? And uh, (laughs) I I just thought I I had to offer my own answer for that. Okay, Um, great. Okay, first of all, the free market is defined as the sum of all voluntary human interaction. That's been how it's been defined by, you know, people who've been describing it for the last 200 years, including Ludwig von Mises. Now, given that, you know, when you realize that that includes all of man's problem-solving abilities, the free market becomes the ultimate problem-solving force. Sure. So it seems axiomatic to me that the free market is the best way to solve things. So if if you were to ask me, would you still support the free market if the free market, you know, caused more bad than good, that's like asking me would I support the free market in a world where two plus two equals five. I cannot answer that question it does not make any sense
0: you know what i can't play mark so i was thinking about how how i could answer that as far as what mark would say but i i am struck out Because you're absolutely right. I mean, the reality is the free marketplace is the most humane way for mankind to interact with mankind. And how could it possibly be that people could be in more danger in the absence of the state? It is the state in the 20th century alone. It was responsible for the deaths of millions upon countless millions of people all across the world. It's the state that people. uh, It's the hands of the state and their agents that uh, that people perish. It's not the average killer. It's not the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world. What's yeah, the? I mean, the hey. the, the, the biggest, most uh, the, the 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 private killer with the largest amount of kills is doesn't even come close to a, a, an army somewhere. It doesn't even come close to the states' depredations in their prisons and the, some of the terrible things that they do. Not even close.
4: It, yeah. But but for me, it's just – I mean, you can give example after example empirically, but for me, it's just a matter of logic. You cannot ask me to answer a question that is not grounded in reality. So uh, somebody would have to prove to me empirically that the state works better than the market, which cannot be done because, as I said, the market is the sum of all voluntary human human interaction, and the state, by its very nature, can only impede that force. So it's just – I, when, whenever people ask me that question, because as I said, people have recently, I just have to say I cannot answer that. It, it is not a realistic question. So I, 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 I've just given up trying to actually give yeah. a yes or no answer to that.
0: Yeah, so, if you're not getting anywhere with people, it, it just makes sense to give up. <laughs> it just makes sense to, to move on to a better prospect. Any yeah. other thoughts, Dan?
4: Well, yeah. Just to say that usually by that time they've run out of either moral or utilitarian examples, so they're just trying to make you slip up. So, yeah.
0: Thanks I for the call you. tonight. Thanks for the discussion. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, I mean the, the whole idea that the the marketplace could be more dangerous of a place than the state run world. There is plenty of danger out there right now. From the state alone, even if you don't count all of the private actors out there, even if you don't count all the private muggers and the private killers, the state itself is an inherent danger.
3: Not to mention that if everyone were wealthier and they would be without the state, if you think about how much money the state Takes from you.
0: You'd keep all that money and you'd be able yeah. to allocate it.
3: There would be less crime for so many reasons. If the drug war didn't exist, uh, crackheads, uh, yep. heroin addicts wouldn't be robbing people because they would be able to afford their drugs, in addition right. to the fact that they'd be wealthier. Uh, but you could go on and on.
0: And even if you go to the madman scenario, the private wealthy madman scenario, uh, it's still something that can easily be shown that the marketplace has incentives. The protection agencies in the marketplace, the free marketplace, would have an incentive to protect their customers against such a uh, private wealthy madman, you know, a Bill Gates who's managed to build himself an army. Of course, we've also pointed out in the past how economics just doesn't work there because in order to sustain some kind of armed military effort privately, you'd have to have a lot of money because once your guys start getting killed – and they will as people defend their property and they defend their freedom – your men will start getting killed. The rest of them aren't going to want to keep going for their current paychecks. They don't want to lose their lives if they don't – if it's just – they're just collecting a paycheck – I mean, do you think Bill Gates could really rally his troops together with some sort of call to Microsoft I mean, instead of a call to nationalism, instead of a, an appeal to nationalism, an appeal to what? Well, what could he leverage? What kind of emotional response could he leverage to get troops behind him following orders with without questioning them? Can you imagine that? one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, uh, so you can bring up anything here on the show And there's a lot to talk about. In fact, talking about the state and what it does to people, quick story out of New York City, and it's just a perfect example of how the state operates. It's not interested in keeping you safe. It's not interested in helping you. It's not interested in protecting and serving you. It wants to help itself to your money and your obedience. It wants to have you do whatever it is they demand. And if you don't, well, then pay up. The story is from the New York Post where New York City police have issued a whopping 9,016 tickets during a 24 hour crackdown on phoning while driving. Department bureaucrat spokesman says that the company, or that compares rather, to, a, to 500 on a typical day. So, average day, they give out 500 cell phone tickets. This one 24 hour period, they did over 9,000. You get caught while driving using a handheld phone in New York City, you could be fined $120. Jesus. Do the math. 120 times 9,000. It's over a million. The New York City government, whatever enforcement bureaucracy this is in the court system, they are going to cash in to the tune it's of a, a million dollars.
3: It's probably the police, dollars. right? The police yeah. department? Don't you think that... Or the, the state troopers or something yeah, like that?
0: It's possible that the court could see a piece of it, too. I mean, if they're seeing if they're seeing the cases, if people are taking the cases to court, they could see a piece. They could get court costs or something like that.
3: You know what scares me most about hearing cases like this is this just gives police officers an excuse to search your vehicle, an excuse to pull you over and get you out of the car and catch you with something else. Absolutely. When I drive around, if I have marijuana on me, I'm mo- I'm scared of getting pulled over for speeding or something like that because I'm afraid they're going to start wanting to poke around in my car.
0: Well, you know better than that. I mean, you know better to, than to allow them to do that.
3: I do, But that doesn't mean that they can't get pushy and scary. And, I mean, I've been in situations where they've just called drug dogs out, and usually if you refuse, that's what they threaten to do. And so it really puts you in a hard spot. I mean, what do you do? Do you... Do you admit that you have it? Do you try to hide it and let them search the car? Do you refuse and hope they don't bring out the dogs?
0: It's nice that we don't have any drug dogs here in Keene. That is nice. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Just refuse the search. If they catch something, well, you know, you're know you going to have to try to get it thrown out. But there's no point in allowing them to search. It's Free Talk Live.
3: This program is brought to you by FreeKeene.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. If you dial toll-free 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, Julia is going to tell us about a, a new evil drug that's hitting the streets. Uh, We'll get to that. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features, they're free, including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com com. get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. To your phone calls, we'll talk to Nicholas in Alaska. Nicholas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Hey, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
4: Well...
6: You mentioned uh, that uh, it's pretty illogical to assume that uh, in the free market, a company or, um, more importantly, a brand could rally people behind them to uh, essentially initiate force on others, correct?
0: I would say so, yes.
6: Well, what about on uh, the more expensive brands, say Coach Bags or something, where there's an incredibly large markup on the items in question? Do you suppose that people would be willing to take up arms, at least locally, if it meant, say uh considerable discount on their products.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Julia, I mean you've uh, you've hung out with some of the girls that were, were into a coach bag. Yeah, I and don't think like they that.
3: would be willing to take up arms <laughs> for anything. <laughs> <laughs> They've got better things to do like makeup. Exactly. Yeah. And hair, shopping.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Come on.
6: Really? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I mean, if they're willing to pay that much in monetary value for... They're um,
3: probably not mean, paying it for it with their own money.
0: Yeah, plus if you're talking about something that violence is involved in, I mean, you, you think somebody's going to go out and put their life at risk so they can get 50% off a purse? <laughs> <laughs> it
6: would be a funny thought, I'll tell you.
0: Yeah, doesn't seem very likely. Any other thoughts tonight?
6: Um, going back to a few days back, uh, I asked uh, whether or not um, the free market, well, not the free market, the food supply would be disrupted, and you said, yeah, it would be. So I, I did?
0: Yeah. What do you uh, mean? Under what context?
6: Well, basically, um, since uh, the chances are inflation or hyperinflation is going to be taking effect uh, at some point, don't know when, uh, that the uh, food supply as well as a lot of other things would be affected. So you seem pretty knowledgeable about the free market. So I thought I'd ask you, how long do you think it would be, bef- say, if the dollar were to crash, how long it would take for the free market to stabilize itself and, say, find a new currency? to
0: no operate under? I have no idea. I've never experienced anything like that, and anything I say would be pure speculation. However, I do trust that uh, people in the marketplace will find a way to bring products and services to those who are in demand, even if it's prohibited. We know that the black market does a fine job of it. Even if it's an uh, incredibly expensive price, they get the job done. So the, the motivations are there. The incentives are there. It's just a matter of, as you say, finding a new medium of exchange. And how quickly that could happen, I have no idea, which is a good reason why you want to have things like alcohol or cigarettes or something that you could possibly trade, gold, silver, something you could trade for other things, something that others, a lot of other people would find valuable. Do I predict something like that? I wouldn't say necessarily. I've, I've got some real trust that the marketplace is going to stay afloat as as, much, as best it possibly can, despite well, what the government does to it.
6: I'm sure that the marketplace will stay afloat. It's just. I'm thinking about the value of the dollar itself. I mean, as a means of exchange, it'll probably become out of phase. I was just wondering, uh, since merchants are used to trading in that at least locally, I was just thinking it might take a while for them to um, find a new medium of exchange.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's why it's imperative for the uh, those of us who believe in voluntary alternatives, who believe in uh, in financial a uh, private currency. To come up with that. I mean, obviously, we've got the liberty dollar out there and they're doing a pretty good job, but they could use some competition. And so I think that if somebody were to enter the marketplace and have enough capital to do uh, to to deal with some kind of a business at that level, then I think it would be much in demand by people, particularly here in New Hampshire, because there are a lot of liberty oriented folks here. Uh, But it's not happening yet. When will it happen? I don't know. Will it happen before the hyperinflation that you've predicted? I don't know. Hopefully it won't, you know, hopefully it won't get to hyperinflation for a long time. I mean, they, they've, they've stretched it out for a while, and they may be able to stretch it out for a few, a few years longer. I hope so. But because it would be I'm ideal worried. to have something alternative in place already so that if hyper, hyperinflation or, or just more inflation began to occur to where it was really hitting people in the pocketbook, you could sell a new alternative to them pretty easily at that point.
6: So the Liberty Dollar bounced back from the raid?
0: Did they bounce back? They're still uh, they're still out there. They're still doing business. I don't know at, at what level. I'm not sure if they're doing the same level of business or if they're doing more. I know that Bernard von Nonhaus was recently supposed to be on the Glenn Beck program on television. I didn't get to see the archive, so I don't know if the the interview actually went through. I have no reason to believe it didn't, however. And so, you know, they're getting some attention that they've never gotten before, which is uh, it's a great sign. I mean, as I said, Liberty Dollar isn't a perfect alternative currency, but, damn, it's something. Yep. Step in the right direction. Thanks for the Thank call you. tonight. I appreciate the discussion. 800-259-9231. I mean, Julia, you run a business where you're dealing with people paying in, in cash and other you know, credit cards and things like that. It really wouldn't be easy to bring another currency into that play.
3: No, um, but I don't think that that's a... a point against the free market because the problem is caused by government. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily where he was coming from, but I think a lot of people would say things like that. Well, look, what if the dollar crashes, what's going to happen? The free market's not going to be able to fix it fast enough. But it was a problem caused by the government. So,
0: You were telling me earlier today uh, that uh, the New Hampshire state government has raised the minimum wage, and you were discussing how that's affecting business because one of the obvious things that happens is if you're dealing with a business and you're in the restaurant field a lot of people don't make a whole lot of money in that particular industry at the at the low levels
3: right and we have entry level jobs and we hire we give 16 year olds opportunities to start working and now we have to pay them like 750 an hour
0: and the 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 insult one of the worst parts about that is that you may have some employees that had been getting seven and seven and change per hour that had worked there for a little while. You know, they'd worked there for a year or or so, and then all of a sudden these newbies come in the front door. They get hired in at six-something, and then next month the state puts down a mandate that says, okay, now they're at seven. And so within a month's time, the new guys are up to the same level as the old employees, so or, you have to make up the, the difference right, for them, we have, too. Right. We
3: had to give... Um, A lot of people raises when the minimum wage went up. Because Otherwise they'd complain. Exactly. We didn't want to be unfair. And also, I mean, there's a cap at how much, you know, the entry-level job people can make. And so now they come in closer to the cap. And and the purpose for the cap is to encourage people to, uh, we get, you know, we give six raises every six months. And it's to encourage people to advance in the company, uh, mm-hmm. get promoted, that sort of thing, before they make it to the cap. And now it's like that it's so it's closer to the minimum wage. I mean, we're going to have to raise that eventually because it's sure. as minimum wage continues to go up, there's they're going to be starting at our cap soon.
0: And when you're looking at the store budget and you're looking at the what is inevitably going to be the most expensive portion of any business's budget and that is employees. You look at the amount of money you're putting into payroll. If everybody's pay just went up, if you just gave everyone in the store a raise in order to compensate for all the newbies that got bumped up because of the minimum wage increase, your profit margin is going to go down because you're paying more out. So you you either have the choice to eat that. and to Or take raise the, prices. Or raise prices.
3: Which is exactly what happens.
0: Is that true? Did you guys at, already raise prices?
3: Yeah, we did raise prices recently. It's only a few cents and, here and there. Yeah, it, it is. But people notice and they don't like it. Sure. And so it's kind of a hard balance because we want to continue to be a profitable company and we want to be able to offer more job opportunities. And um, it really becomes difficult when that sort of thing happens.
0: So imagine, I mean, that was just one example of how it is that the government is artificially meddling in the process of the marketplace setting prices. If it weren't for them coming in and making all these mandates, then buyers and sellers would be able to agree to come to an agreement on a price for a given product or service. But the government skews all of that and they skew it on a continuous upward trend combining the minimum wage increases with
3: sales tax
0: Well of course there are taxes that's and that's, that's a whole other story it,
3: it is but do you know it's really obnoxious if for example a lot of people will come in from Vermont or Massachusetts and they're under the impression that we have no sales tax here in mm. New Hampshire and we don't but we do have an 8% yes. prepared uh, per, uh, prepared food tax which in, is on you know fountain soda and stuff like that and they come in they want this for 99 cents and and they it's actually you yeah. know, a dollar and fifteen or a dollar and nine cents, they get really upset about stuff like that.
0: So you combine the regulations with the fact that the currency can be inflated at the pull of a lever in the Federal Reserve, and you've got a real problem for business owners. As inflation continues to go up, prices are gonna go up, and that's tough to deal with. So let's get that alternative currency going. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL, C-A-I, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Great way to get the shopping done you need to do to get the stuff you need for life and stuff you want to over at Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's go to Ron in Colorado. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia.
7: Hi. uh, I'm kind of uh, upset about what just happened to me today. I was posting on the Denver Post, and it had everything to do with this Ward Churchill case where, I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but... Here's a professor that the governor and uh the uh, University of Colorado has conspired against to uh, force him out of the university because he made comments that they didn't agree with.
0: Hmm, okay.
7: Well, to explain who I am and, and what I'm doing is I represent a family that uh have a, a son that got shot up pretty bad at Columbine. Oh, dear. Well, yeah. And she doesn't have a computer, so she asked me to do these things for her. So I went on the blog, like I normally do, and explained to him that uh, we had a problem with a professor at CU, and this gentleman, uh, I use the term loosely, is named uh, Dr. Dell Elliott, and he's supposed to be a uh, professional uh, expert in child prevention. Well, at one point, the, uh, the, the family I'm involved with is Mark Taylor. He got shot eight times, and uh, they had it all the way to the uh... appeals court ten circuit court of appeals trying to get uh... some information out because uh... this dr elliot said that he was going to do this uh... study of this and right right in his own article it says that if he doesn't do this study that uh... kids lives are going to be lost well we learned that there has been kids lives lives lost because we know the information so i was simply you know trying to do what we do to protect children and uh because uh, we learned that the same enemy that we're dealing with is also involved in the uh, Alex Jones' uh, Obama uh, deception. Well, I included that in our uh, log. I'm not, sure in what you're get,
0: well, I'm not sure what you're getting at there. I'm not familiar with what you're talking well, about.
7: Well, I, I, it's this brand-new uh, video that's out about uh, the uh, uh, old Bilderbergers and the trilateralists and all that. We learned who was messing around in the Columbine neighborhood that was causing all this. And he's Ooh. one of those guys. Who, who uh, is
0: messing around in, in the Columbine neighborhood? I, I, that's what I'm confused about. What Murray you...
7: Strong. He's one of the Bilderbergers.
0: Okay. And
7: he's got a compound down in southern Colorado. And they're setting up for a new world order down there in his compound. And we realize that they even have this uh, Tibetan snake image that they're using as a... Uh, is their mascot?
0: What is it that you're getting at here? I'm not sure. I mean, you're, you're kind of going off the rails, dude. What are you trying I know, to explain? it's
7: really a hard e- explanation. Let me explain to you. There's a there's a group of pedophiles that were pedophiles. involved okay. in the community, and we discovered that the killers had uh, drawn a picture. One of
0: the pedophiles and their killers. What's that? These are pedophiles and killers. Yes, sir. So
7: and, and they and love
0: children, and who do they kill?
7: They're killing—well, actually, we can't say they're killing children. They're stealing children.
0: So why do you call them killers?
7: Well, because when they separate the children from their parents, we don't know what happens to them. Okay. And then sometimes, you know, they make a quick buck. They sell a child to some Satanists, and obviously that makes yep. them— Part of this killing stuff.
0: So you seem, you're making a lot of pretty big claims here. I mean, that you're claiming yeah, I that I mean, the I, there's no doubt there are pedophiles out, out okay. there, but what, what evidence do you have there selling children to Satanists?
7: Well, you just have to Google uh, Columbine Family Request and what then does also. It mean? What, up, what does uh, it mean
0: to do a Columbine Family Request?
7: Yeah, and then you. No, you, no, no, that was a question. A Judy Chase Amber Alert. And you'll see both what? of those cases started in Colorado, right here in Jefferson County.
0: What are you talking so about? People selling children that. to Satanists? There's a, there's a case about that? Yeah, uh-huh. So,
7: right here, See, we were studying the, the environment that the Columbine took place around, so obviously we noticed that this was a bad thing going on, and this was why all these government officials were trying to hide what happened to the killers that caused them to kill at Columbine.
0: They're we're trying to the hide pressure. what happened to the killers, which is that they were molested by the sheriff, right? Yes. Someone had yes. called about that before making those allegations. Yeah,
7: and, and that's true. Was that I'm you that called? I'm not trying to make things up here. Okay. We've been working on this 10 years. And uh, you know, it's, that's a long it, time. It, it sounds, you know, I mean, you guys are talking about blowing up buildings and driving airplanes into them. Okay? No, I wasn't talking about that at all.
0: I don't know what show you're listening to, but we were not well, talking I about that time. To Alex
7: Jones a lot, okay? Yeah, Maybe this I'm, isn't
0: Alex Jones. This is Free Talk Live. Well, but yeah,
7: but it's so, PCN. Come on now. So
0: that's the network that syndicates this program. Anyway, so what yeah, you're huh? saying is that you have some evidence that there are people who are pedophiles who are selling children to Satanists for who knows what.
7: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and in fact, the, the proof we have that the boys were molested is Harris drew a picture the night of his arrest that ends up in the police files under the file Walsh text. That's their description of the picture that the killer drew the night of his arrest 15 years before, I mean, 15 months before Columbine. Now that also connects to um, a statement that was made by the killers that said that this arrest was what they were gonna get they're gonna get revenge for this arrest by what they were planning to do at Columbine. So they're getting so got, revenge against the room, sheriff.
0: Hold on a second, I'm trying and to follow we don't have you here. An Just Hang on, I'm trying to follow this here. You're saying know, the Columbine killers were getting revenge against the sheriff that allegedly molested them by killing kids at high school. How does that get yeah, revenge they on? Did.
7: Yeah, they did. They were looking for a ground zero to do their thing, and they just chose the school because, well, it was convenient. And I see. They even, one of them even wrote an essay that Why not go uh, into the
0: sheriff's office and just blast away there? I mean, wouldn't that make more sense?
7: Yeah, it sure would. It would have saved us a lot of time trying to figure all this out. But in fact, so, that's what happened. So are you okay? trying
0: to... You've got all this information, all of these allegations.
7: Columbine family request. Google it.
0: So Definitely you, Google so you've got all you. this information, hard? and mm-hmm. am I, to, am I to presume that uh, obviously nobody wants to listen to you? The, uh, the police don't want to do anything about this, that kind of thing.
7: I run into you kind of people all the time. They don't want to hear the truth because that's what it sounds like. You
0: kind we of didn't, people. We
7: didn't Excuse me, picture. sir. Did I hang we, up on you? Did we just get, did we disconnect your
0: call? Did we not give you the entire segment to talk you about this? What? You I kind look of look people.
7: I, I've been hung up on. That's so not a real good way to to engender appreciation
0: amongst the people you're talking to. That's not a real good – calling people names like you kind of people is not a real good way to get them to continue communication with you. But, hey, we're so still here talking right to you. Again. So We've my question it is We've
7: been for 10 years, bud, and I'll tell you what, nobody wants to touch it because it smells real bad. We didn't do it. We're just figuring it out. You understand that?
4: What? I'm working
7: with the families of dead children here, and we want to know why the government and the media and everybody else won't let us talk because this has been a continual thing.
0: If you're talking right here.
7: Her, excuse me.
0: You're talking you know? right here, dude. You've been on the whole segment, and you're going to complain I, about thank
7: it? You. I appreciate that. You're a good man for doing it. Okay?
0: So so you're trying to spread the word about these allegations, but no one's yes, taking, sir, you, no one's taking their, you seriously. These families
7: are hiding. They've left the town. They're scared to death. Uh, they've been covered up. They've been... Uh, get the book Franklin Cover-Up. He was the attorney for the Taylors, and he'll write, write in the book. Uh, you can Google it and find the latest edition where you can read it from the author, the attorney for the family. He says this is the most frightening case he's ever been involved with, okay?
0: Now, is he alleging the same things that you are? Yes, sir. And, so, but he's
7: under gag order. Do you understand that? Many of the families are under gag order. they so run this stuff because they've heard the depositions of the killer's parents. Do you believe they're that, they're that,
0: the pe- that the pedophiles are still operating, or is this all in the past? No, no,
7: that's, that's other information. I'm dealing strictly with Columbine when we're talking to the killers of the, or the parents of the killers.
0: So but the pedophiles, the, the pedophiles it. that are selling children to the Satanists, have nothing to do yeah. with the Columbine that thing. that's
7: part story you can read it in uh, uh, Judy Chase's Amber Alert. Google it.
0: Okay, are these are these books that you're talking about?
7: No, they're just uh, web pages. I see. The okay. lady that uh, spent her life trying to protect children since what happened to her, they stole her twins from her. Uh, through the system they have by putting a nanny in the way. And it's been learned that that's a system that they use to get the children separated from the uh, Child protection. Well, Service I'll tell you what, I understand
0: that. that you believe you've got a story here and you're frustrated that oh, people yeah. aren't paying attention to you, exactly. and that's one of the reasons yeah. why I think it's important that people create their own media. Go ahead and put your own newspaper yeah. out. If, uh, you know, you know can i
7: say, I'm, I probably don't sound like a sweetheart on the phone because I'm a little upset about it.
0: But yeah. believe
7: me, I'm telling you the truth, and these families need to heal uh... we can't heal because we know this stuff and it's gonna come out as i said it's on the internet it's just a matter of who wants to do it and we've actually got the old dog on it right now you know dog the bounty hunter
0: oh okay i've heard of that he's guy doing his research. i wish you good luck evidence. i hope you can uh, you know if what you say is true and i have no idea if it is because it sounds like it would take a lot of research to be able to validate his claims uh, i certainly don't have time to do research like that uh... but if, he's, <laughs> if what he's saying is true then you know i hope you find someone to take the case of course, if they, uh, these murderers are as high up in the government as he's alleging, it may be pretty difficult, so can uh, empathize with that. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into Hour 3 of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, We give it all away to you at freetalklive.com.
3: AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com.
0: As we continue with your phone calls, talk to Paul in Delaware. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: How you doing, Ian and Julia?
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Paul?
2: Hey, look, uh, first things first, that last caller that called in, uh, his name was Ron, right?
0: That's correct.
2: Yeah, Ron Coleman. He uh, emailed me on my MySpace because at the time I had posted on YouTube about the Columbines, which is true that people aren't calling or covering that because it is a serious issue and there is a gigantic uh, conspiracy. I don't want to get into it.
0: You're talking about what he was alleging last hour oh, is that there was some sort of uh, pedophilia or molestation going on on the part of the sheriffs uh, to the, uh, the the people that, that actually did the Columbine killings.
2: Yeah, that, that right there is uh, – I can't tell you if any of that's true. Uh, but I can tell you that that guy, you know, I called him, and I it, it pissed me off to listen to him because, you know what, after all that ramble, you're still wondering where his evidence is, right? I...
3: I couldn't even understand what he was saying. Uh, he was just blathering on and on and on, and changing subjects and, and not answering questions. And I, I had no idea what that guy was talking about. He seemed to
0: have a lot of information that he wanted to uh, to get out there. It wasn't the most coherent of situations. I, as I mentioned, I don't, I certainly don't have time to verify all of his claims for myself.
2: Well, I've, look here. It's that right there. I've listened to him. I asked him for his information. I talked to him for at least forty minutes on the phone. And I let him do most of the talking because I, I didn't did. really – yeah, but the thing is, at the end of it all, uh, what I found out is he's he's promoting the wrong people, like uh, Dr. Bill Deagle. One person, if you go to my YouTube, you'll see that you know, getting interviews from real family members, he claims to be fighting for family members, yet he can't put me in contact with any others. And on top of that, I don't want to spend too much time on him, but I hope you're listening, Ron – Uh, You need to come up with some evidence. Now, what I wanted to talk about was the Rihanna-Chris Brown situation, and that right there, as much as I am not for, and I'm like everyone else, there's no good reason, even though I can tell you I've been in at least one relationship where I could understand why someone would go to that level almost.
0: Now, hold on a but, second. Bring us up to speed here. I spotted something in the news about this, but I don't pay attention to popular culture very much, so Rihanna is a singer, if I'm not mistaken?
2: Yeah, Rihanna and Chris Brown both, both are singers, and they're both, um, uh, you know, yeah, they're both singers, and so the bottom line is this. Before the news media picked up on this story, I, I was already well aware of it, and what I know from good sources, actually, Chris Brown's father, is that Rihanna has given Chris Brown herpes, and that's why he snapped out. You know, all this ramble on the news media about. So, wait, he, uh, Chris he did
0: Br- something to, to violent to her? Is that my understanding?
2: Yes, he, he, he choked her and he punched her, and I heard that he also bit her. But the thing is this no one on the media they're going on oprah and all the rest of them all i mean like it's the biggest thing you know that they could be talking about none of them are saying wow this guy no other women are coming out of the woodworks no old girlfriends no no woman he's ever wow you know they never say well why did he do this that you know you should always ask the question why? But here's my other point, and I won't take too much of your time. Are you, b- before quite, you
0: get to your other point, are you defending him for attacking her because oh, no, she gave him no, herpes? My,
2: no, I am not defending any man that would put his hands on a woman. Okay, that's, but the, that's but good. my point is is that I know what really went down, and the news media is skating all around it, getting plenty of airtime on it, and yet they're not asking good questions like, why would he do that? And then the other thing that I, I, I'm really pissed about is we went through an R. Kelly where I never seen the videotapes, but I know many acquaintances that did see R. Kelly on the videotape with a 15-year-old girl urinating all over her and everything else, and yet they don't go on with him. They don't. You know what? And guess what? No one cares because they love his music. I like (laughs) R. Kelly's music. And so you know what? They let that guy get away with uh, being a child pedophile and a rapist. And now, hold on a second. On a 15 year old huh? girl
0: is not. If you are interested in a 15 year old girl, you're not a pedophile. It's not the right term. You might be an uh You might be interested in teenage girls, but pedophiles are interested in children prior to puberty. Just to point that okay. to a point okay. of okay. clarification yeah. okay. there.
2: Well, okay. Well, he's, he's a child rapist. How about that?
0: Uh, I, I don't think teenagers qualify rapist. as children. Will that work? I, I I don't agree that t- statutory rape is a crime. So I, while he may have been guilty of statutory rape by their system, I don't think that if you are dealing with a consent situation, that there is any crime that's been committed.
2: Okay. Well, what he did may know, have been
0: detestable. That may be true. He may be detestable and he may be you know deserving of ostrac- uh, ostracism. But if you know if she had consented to that the behavior, then I got nothing to say to it.
2: Here's the here's the big thing, Ian. Okay. um... Whether you uh, take that position or not, we have laws in this country. I think that I I don't have those
0: laws. They have laws, but they're not my laws.
2: Well, check this out. I think that I should be able to smoke uh, ganja, marijuana, anytime I feel like. I think it's a great thing. But guess what? There's laws in this country, okay? And this guy gets away with it, R. Kelly. Do you get away with
3: smoking marijuana? Excuse me? Do you get away with smoking marijuana? Of course
2: I do, and I'm going to continue to.
3: Okay I, okay, I was just asking because you yeah. seem that that's what seems to bother you about it is that he's getting away with breaking the law, but a few seconds before you just admitted to doing something that is also illegal.
2: Okay, yeah. Okay, so what you're gonna tell? Okay, what's your what's your telling me and the rest of your listeners are hearing is because I'm I'm getting away with smoking marijuana, which I think is not a crime. I think if you go and you take a fifteen year old girl and you're urinating all over, I take I take issue with that. Okay. Well I don't know the
3: circumstances. So I don't know if the girl was okay with being urinated on
0: yeah where's the victim videotape. I mean she was obviously okay with being videotaped and urinated on i mean whatever well, well,
2: sure but see, but because a per- because a person is too young and don't really understand it or not that mature and and some singer comes along that's very popular and she likes his music and he gets away with doing a that. a
0: lot of kids do stupid things but it doesn't make those things criminal i mean if you if you consent to being a dumb teenager then i don't believe that while that while they may have been taken advantage of to some extent there's no crime there because there's no real Victim. She chose. She made the choice to go and do those things with R. Kelly. She could have chosen otherwise.
2: Some people okay, like being beaten so, so, on. So if R. Kelly gets your fifteen-year-old daughter, you're you're fine with it, then, is what you're saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be fine with it. It may be, as I said, a little bit disturbing. Uh, however, it's none of my business, really.
2: Well, I think if R. Kelly gets your fifteen-year-old daughter, you, you, you know. You take offense just like I really would be taking offense. But my point is, okay. is that the fact that we're going on and on about Chris Brown and Rihanna, and it's one thing to go on about I haven't gone it. not on not about giving it. the full scoop.
0: Yeah, I see where you're coming from. And obviously the full scoop should be given, which is one of the frustrations that a lot of people have with the media is they don't tell the whole story all the time. They don't ask the right questions. And it goes back to what I said before. If you don't like the, what the media is doing, then go out and create your own.
2: Well, I do, and I and I appreciate you giving me the time. There you go. Um, but to your to your last caller, this Ron guy, this guy is is I don't know whether he's a disinformationist or just nuts, which is one of the questions I asked him when I talked to him on the phone. I said, <laughs> "Are you a nut?" was my exact <laughs> words, and he and he said, "No, he's not." But the thing is, he's not making. How many any nuts sense. are going to
0: admit to it? I mean, how many crazy kooks are going to actually admit to being kooky?
2: well i 'm going to ask you anyway, because i need to I need to let you know that that 's where I think you 're coming from. but the thing is, after all that time you gave him, no evidence he talked about a website. guess what i 've been to these websites, half of the ones he gave me at my at my myspace i don 't know the last time he was there, but they 're not even up and working anymore yeah. so so i don 't know what to say about the man, but this guy, Ron Coleman. If you hear this guy anywhere, <laughs> allegedly, uh, put it, put him on the point. Put his put his butt in the fire and tell him to come up with some real oh. evidence.
0: I I don't know. You know, I'm not going to check out anything that he makes claims on. It's just a we take calls about anything from anybody and he got to make his claims and that's that. Thanks for the call, Paul. Always good hearing You're from welcome. you at 800-259-9231. You really can call in about absolutely anything. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, a new drug has hit the streets, and Julia is going to tell us all about it. And we'll take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you may dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want via the, uh, the number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Yellow. Yeah,
3: Sorry. (laughs) The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The mobile won 12 hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March 18th for four days of auction
0: <laughs> Culminating?
3: Culminating with the twelve big twelve hour classic on Saturday, March twenty first. For ticket information visit SebringRaceway.com. dot com, Seabring, the world's biggest sports car race of them all. <laughs>
0: that's the number for you. I don't
3: like the way that paper is written. It's in all caps. It's kind of hard for... Okay. There's no numbers in it either. It's confusing.
0: We continue here, and we'll talk to uh, James in Kentucky. James, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hey. James, what's on your mind? Um, Well,
8: I guess the first thing is, I guess there's been like a string of crazy callers. I don't know. The the Columbine thing and whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah, that's, wow, so I don't really understand popular culture either, so. Um, Well,
0: well, moving on then, what were you calling about?
8: Yeah, the reason I called is I've been recently made aware, um, I'm like 29 years old and I didn't know this, but the state that I live in doesn't allow any alcohol to be shipped to a consumer.
0: Wow, Um, from outside sources, basically, or period, you just can't even order from the local liquor liquor store? No shipping at all?
8: You can can walk to the local liquor store, I guess, uh, but you can't buy anything online.
0: So Mm -hmm.
8: if I want to buy some wine in Napa Valley for $12 a bottle, I cannot on the Internet. However, if I want to go to the local liquor store and pay $23 a bottle, Mm -hmm. you know, that $10 markup, plus... The six point five percent sales tax that you know they'll they'll allow me to do that
0: right because then the state's getting a piece of it
8: exactly and it's you know I'm, I'm sure the wholesale lobbyists you know uh, pushed for that legislation mm-hmm. I'm not even sure when it went into effect
0: likely but, true
8: yeah there's a, there's a lot of states that are like that um, there's a I actually found a website today called Free the Grapes. .org. Okay. What
9: does that mean? What do they, they uh,
8: do? Uh, they've just got a map of the United States with the reciprocal agreement states. That's where if, if this state agrees to ship to this state, the other one will ship the other way. And then the no shipping to consumers at all states, and then the, the good ones. And New Hampshire's one that uh, apparently you can to a
0: residence Really? I'm, so. shocked. I'm shocked by that, considering we that...
3: We have some crappy alcohol laws in New Hampshire.
0: <laughs> yeah, considering that here in New Hampshire, the state is the actual distributor of all things liquor-related. You can get beer and wine at, at grocery stores and, and convenience stores, but if you're looking for liquor, the New Hampshire state government is the only way you can get your hands on it, so I'm shocked that they would allow something like that. It's really amazing, oh. isn't it, looking at all of these alcohol laws across the country, the fact that there are still blue counties in some places... Uh, That's
3: That's why I hate when people come out and say that the state should take over uh, marijuana legalization, because in reality, yes, alcohol and tobacco are legal, but they're not really. I mean, there's a lot of regulation and a lot of restrictions involving them. They're not legal to produce. Right. You can't. I can't make my own alcohol at home, can I? That's. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's allowed, and they, I certainly can't grow tobacco in my they, backyard.
0: You, well, to be fair, though, they may be, there, there may be in some places uh, the, the possibility that you can buy like a little homebrew kit, make your own alcohol for you, you to drink, yeah. but that's possibly about the extent of it.
8: Yeah, You couldn't sell it to anybody else.
0: My understanding, yeah.
3: Could you give it to somebody
0: else? Uh, probably. Who knows?
8: Well, you know, as far as the marijuana legalization thing goes yeah the government i i don't know they they're talking in california about you know possible legalization taxing it of course and i don't know it seems almost psychotic to go that route because you know they they put so many you know laws and things on what can and cannot go into a cigarette for example mm-hmm it, for example, in Kentucky, you have fire safe cigarettes. I don't know if you're aware Ugh. of what those are. I've
0: heard about these. Yep,
3: they uh, um, they oh, go you out. You can go. They go they, out.
0: They go out. Right. The automatically. Yes, they, they won't just. Uh, they won't just keep burning. They're after a certain period of time, will put themselves out.
8: Exactly. And there's some and kind of chemical
0: they're using, right? Awful. Exactly.
3: I've heard really bad things about them. I don't smoke cigarettes myself, but I have friends who have smoked these cigarettes, and they say that they really taste awful. And taste
8: awful, and you—I mean, you, you have to know. I mean, just—I don't know. Deep down, I, I just can't imagine that the chemical that they added for fire retardants
0: <laughs> yes. is good for you. <laughs> something that you <laughs> want inside not. you, right? Well, so uh, that,
3: that's something that kind of bothers me about marijuana legalization. I mean. Right now I buy pot, I buy nugs and you know they're nice and I pack them on my bowl or whatever. Theoretically, but, yeah. Right, if I were <laughs> to smoke marijuana that's how I'd go about it. But I mean, you don't when you buy cigarettes, it's tobacco and a lot of other things in there, right? I mean yeah. they they pack it with all kinds of nasty stuff. And
0: wasn't so. it the government that mandated this fire safe stuff that yes. it didn't come this wasn't an yeah. innovation from the cigarette companies, was it? Uh
8: the government demanded it, yes, I think, and other states that are even nearby, like I can I can drive 20 minutes to Clarksville, Tennessee, and I can get a pack of non-FSC cigarettes, and they are, you know, just like they were.
0: So is it the whole state of Kentucky where every pack of cigarettes yeah. must be fire safe? Yes. Wow, that is uh, that is insane. I mean, and That's of course-
3: really obnoxious for businesses too. I yeah. mean, hey, cigarette companies, now you have to make these this kind of cigarettes in addition to the regular kind of cigarettes, so that you can distribute them in these states. As opposed to these states.
0: Right. And how awful is it that the government is basically coming in and saying, we know what's best for your product. We're going to go ahead and mandate that you make these changes to your product. And, of course, it doesn't just happen to cigarettes. It happens all over the place in all kinds of industries where the government comes in and tries to add innovation to, uh, to your product. Even if you don't want anything to do with it, even if your customers don't want anything to do with it, the government is essentially controlling, completely controlling what these people are releasing. And it's just, it's outrageous. That it's just allowed to go on, but again, of course, cigarette uh, smokers are looked down upon in society these days, and nobody really wants to stand up for them, and they themselves don't really seem to want to stand up for themselves in many cases. If you look at the smoking bans at various, I feel like a lot in. of
3: cigarette smokers feel bad that they smoke, like they, you know what I mean, because people tend to look down on cigarette smokers, especially mm-hmm. nowadays when you pretty much, I mean, you can smoke in your home, you can smoke in your car, you can't smoke in your home in California unless you live in a single family home, I think.
0: That's correct. But, uh, I don't know if it's the whole state of California, but there are a few places. And then least.
3: there are lots of places that are passing smoking bans where you can't smoke in parks and things like that. So, I mean, pretty never much... Ends. Right. Smokers are not very popular in society, and, and I feel like they feel bad themselves for smoking, so they don't really feel like they should be standing up for themselves, which is sad.
0: James, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. People need to learn that if they want to be free... And they have to stand up not only for their own freedoms, but also for the freedoms of others. And I think most people are having trouble just standing up for their own freedoms. 800-259-9231 is the Sekel CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include archives. If you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours, free, right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. Join the Institute for Humane Studies this summer. They're offering 12 seminars, and participation is free. The IHS is even covering meals and housing. Now, uh, one example of the seminars they're holding includes the Scholarship and a Free Society Seminar, July 21st through the 31st in Philadelphia. For graduate students only, examining the implications of libertarian ideas on society, academia, the future, and more. Though rooted in scholarship, the seminar will also connect issues in the academy to world events. In addition to the many fundamental questions being raised in economics, participants will explore the impact of the world crisis on law, government, and the conception of the state. The deadline to apply is March 31st at libertarianseminars.com. And there are a bunch of other ones that you can get involved in as well. Go and get all the details and get signed up. The deadline is March 31st, Libertarian libertarianseminars.com. As we continue here, uh, Julia, you found a story today about a new drug that has hit the streets. Actually, I don't know how new it is, but it's hit right. the streets in It a was big made way. illegal
3: in 2002, so it's been around for a while. It's not a popular drug.
0: But it's hit the media in one particular place.
3: Uh, yes, this is out of Washington State. A new drug is hitting the streets of western Washington, and authorities say it poses extreme dangers to children. Narcotic Hmm. agents in Kitsap County recently busted at a street dealer for selling ecstasy and found more than they bargained for. Along with the ecstasy, they found BZP. The drug is a knockoff of the drug ecstasy and can be fatal in children. So basically, the drug would not exist if it weren't for the war on drugs and people could get real ecstasy.
0: Because in the marketplace, in the black marketplace, people who are, oh, unscrupulous dealers can put together pills that uh, don't actually have ecstasy in them, don't actually have MDMA, the active chemical in ecstasy. They may have anything else but MDMA. They may have, uh, you know, they may have DXM, which is cough medicine. Right. They may have this new, what is it, BZP? BZP. They may have BZP And
3: I actually went and looked at some information on BZP on Arrowhead because I'd never really heard of it. And,
0: Arrowhead.org. Great drug resource.
3: Right. It, it turns out that this is apparently just a really poor version of uh, it's, it's not fun. Most of the experiences I read were very, pretty unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So if you were to get this instead of MDMA, it would be it would be an unpleasant surprise. But and
0: you would be told, likely, that it is MDMA. Right. You would be, it would be sold as though it were MDMA, and th- that's, that's a big problem. And it's a, that's what happens in the black marketplace, is product that is not the actual product being represented is being sold as the product that's being represented, and people, they don't get what they're expecting.
3: Right. But that's not what this article is actually focusing on. Um, deputies say it was hard to recognize because it looked much more like candy than an illegal drug. They had no clue as to what these pills were, said Deputy Scott Wilson of the Sheriff's Office. PZP goes by the street names Benny, Frenzy, and Nemesis. BZP? Yeah, did I say P? BZP. The pills are shaped like cartoon characters, including Bart Simpson and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you didn't know any better, you'd probably think they were Flintstones vitamins. (laughs) Now, that I'm looking at a picture of them right now, and first of all, As somebody who has eaten ecstasy, I don't know how you could ever mistake one of these pills for ecstasy. It's Humongous.
0: But let's let's say that they're selling this on elementary school campuses. Right. Where I mean, this is what they're trying to get you to picture. And right. they say, whoa, we busted a street dealer. Uh, they, they, they try to make it sound like they're applying these on right. small children. So to somebody who's never taken ecstasy before, they're not going to know, right?
3: Right. So you would really... The only people that you could sell these pills to would be people who either know, like telling them, okay, this is BZP, which I don't know why anyone would want to buy that because generally... When it comes to buying drugs, people tend to pick drugs that they've, you know, heard, has have a positive experience from, right? Yeah, brand I mean, reputation, Your friends say, sure. hey, I did ecstasy and it was a great time, or hey, I ate LSD, it was awesome. And, and nobody talks about BZP for obvious reasons, apparently. Um, so th- what this article is talking about, uh, this raises obvious concerns of children coming across the drugs and eating them. <laughs> <laughs> now... I, children, if a child was to think this was a piece of candy and put this in their mouth, I don't know anybody out there, I've never tasted BZP, but I, I have tasted a variety of pills, and I've never tasted one that tasted good.
0: And Not like candy. And it seems to
3: me that if you put one of these in your mouth as a kid, you would spit it out the second it hit your tongue.
0: They're very bitter.
3: Yeah, I mean, M D ecstasy pills are extremely bitter. To put one in your mouth and suck on it for a second is, is horrible.
0: Even if they were to be somehow creating their pills with sugar? <laughs> you
3: could never it mask. mask it. No. So to suggest that uh, children could come across and eat these drugs is is absolutely ludicrous.
0: But that's what they try to make it sound like. They try to make it sound like these guys are on uh, elementary school campuses, applying these to children, uh, trying to make them look like they're candy, when in point of fact they don't taste anything like candy, and what no. kid is going to want to chew up? or <laughs>
3: And it's not kids like kids like... love swallowing pills. I right. mean, aspirin. I hated that when yeah, I was Yeah, kid. chewable kids' aspirin and stuff. Kids don't swallow pills. Right. So there's pretty much no way that that's really going to happen. The quote from the sheriff's office here is, it looks like something that could be put out in a candy dish, and you would take a handful of and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy would take a handful, put one in his mouth, yeah. and spit it out instantly, so that claim is is absolutely ludicrous um so this drug was actually legalized in or made illegal here in two thousand and two It's still legal over in europe but I, I mean the only reason this drug exists it, it's I'm speculating here, but i'm I'm pretty sure that the only reason this drug exists is because people couldn't get their hands on ecstasy as easily.
0: Is it not a pharmaceutical? Isn't this available for treating things, or is it no, something that they actually came that, up with as a chemical drug? No,
3: no, it's supposed to be a substitute for methamphetamine uh, or MDMA. So it's supposed to be like except a stimulant.
0: Well, except uh, MDMA isn't a stimulant. MDMA it's not. is it, when you say a substitute, it's sold as MDMA, but it's nothing like it.
3: No, it's supposed to also be an alternative. So at the time when it came out, they said people said, okay, you know, MDMA is is illegal, but this is legal, so it's easier to get. It was supposed to be some sort of a legal alternative at the mm, time. See. And from what I read in the trip reports on Arrowhead, it's nothing like it at all. So it's stupid, and, and the dose is much larger, and it comes with a, a number of unpleasant side effects, mm. apparently even more so than meth or MDMA. doesn't wow. not really have too many negative side effects, but, I mean, meth has some pretty negative side effects. This according to people who have taken it, when you say MDMA, more.
0: When you say MDMA doesn't have too many negative side effects, uh, you mean well, like I think, in moderation. Right. Because if somebody was to take a bunch of MDMA on a frequent basis, it could really right. do something it, to them.
3: Well, Well, that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about MDMA being a safe drug, I'm talking about someone who uses it responsibly, maybe once in a while. Sentence setting is obviously important um, and not overdoing it, those sorts of things. I've certainly known plenty of people in my life who definitely went overboard and were zombies i was a bit of a zombie myself when i was a teenager just for a short while but i Mm -hmm. once i stopped i mean i came out of it and now i'm very picky and very responsible about this sort of drug use but um i just thought this article was absolutely hilarious because i've never heard of bzp so now it's in the news so now actually people are going to hear about it and and just the way they portrayed it, like it's this really scary thing that is going to get into the hands of children. And I just I just thought it was really hilarious. You know,
0: it's likely you say that people are going to hear about it. It's likely that the, this kind of news coverage is going to draw people right. to it. I mean, the people that love the people that are deep in the drug culture and they they like taking various different kinds of drugs may not have come across BZP. have yeah, never heard to, of it prior to hearing about it on the nightly news or in the in the newspaper. And then they might go seek it out. And I don't know. It's probably something to be able to take and, and be be done with it because it doesn't sound like it's very good. But uh, but nonetheless, I mean, this could actually contribute to more people taking this than otherwise would have.
3: Right. So basically, here's another example of the war on drugs uh, making <laughs> drugs in general more dangerous and unpleasant. That's true. I mean, meth, crack. These are drugs that most likely would not exist were it not for making all other pleasant drugs illegal.
0: If you could get your hands on the MDMA or whatever it is you're looking for, you wouldn't if you could do it in a legitimate way from a seller that you can trust, then you'd get exactly what you wanted. In many cases, people are getting this BZP stuff instead because of the black market, right. and that's not good. It's, it's in fact uh, dangerous. More on the way. you can take a, uh, bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it right now at 800-259-9231, that is the cycle CAI. Toll Free Line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote us over at promote.freetalklive.com. Easy ways to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. And we appreciate your help with that. Promote.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance
9: greetings folks
0: hey Dennis what's on your mind tonight
9: hey on the uh, on the show the other day your former uh, uh, realtor from Florida called in and said hello and you guys were talking about porcupine realtors
0: yes and Porcupine Realtors. I'm sorry, Porcupine Realtors. For those who don't know, are individuals who've moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project have gotten into the real uh, real estate business. are Realtors and are helping other incoming movers, other people who are moving as part of the Free State Project to find housing, rentals, and purchases.
9: That's right. And you talked about a, a guy I know, a good friend of mine named Mark Warden, who is a Realtor and is a, a hell of a great activist. He's out here always, always doing stuff. Mark. Yeah. Um, and you weren't sure if there were any other porcupine realtors. I know of at least two. Okay, um, one of whom I can give a personal I can vouch for because uh, she's been my realtor twice. And uh, you know, we, we talk sometimes about bad businesses, people we want to avoid. I can vouch this is a person that's a good business, is a is a person I would do business with. My co-host on Capital Access, our little cable TV show, Lydia Harmon. Okay, she's a realtor and she is very much a political activist. Um, yeah. She's a New Hampshire native, that's one of us She's glad we're here, she goes and helps us with the Liberty Alliance and stuff like that
0: I'd like good to point stuff. out, uh, Lydia's a very nice lady But Mark Warden is the only porcupine realtor who's ever advertised with Free Talk Live
9: <laughs> Fair enough hey, There's one other, another uh, actually one of the founding members I think of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance A fellow named uh, Dave Minson is also a porcupine and a realtor Very good I can't vouch for him because I've never used him as a realtor, but
0: he's a good guy So what else you got for us tonight, anything?
9: That was it. I just wanted to correct you. You thought there was only one porcupine realtor. It turns out there's there's three. at least three. Very How good. about that?
0: That's super. Hey, Dennis, while I've got you on the line, you're involved with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at NHLiberty.org. Obviously, you guys got a lot of press recently because of the HCR6, which was a line in the sand piece of legislation telling the federal government, hey, you've gone far enough, and if you cross this line, we are out of here. It didn't end up working out, but I saw a Ridley Report recently at RidleyReport.com with an interview with uh, Dan Itza, one of the reps, uh, state reps, the f- sponsor of the original bill, saying that essentially they're they're working on a bipartisan version for next year. You heard anything about that?
9: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they are. You know, one of the things to to keep in mind and one of the reasons to keep one's decorum um is that no matter how big or how important the vote is that day, it's not the only vote in the world. And what you do is you say, you know, if 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 you win, you you, you know, you try to be gentlemanly, you try to be a good winner, right? And, you know, try to bring people on board. And then when you lose, you roll up your sleeves and you go, okay, what do we have to do to make this go forward next time? So aside from, uh, well, at any rate, yeah, they are they are definitely crafting a bill that they hope will be more bipartisan and maybe, you know, calm people down a little bit. Um, you know, should be good.
0: I was and hoping I- it would be more radical. Come on, let's stir people <laughs> up.
9: Well, it's not going to be any. It's not going to be significantly different. There, there were certainly some technical issues with, with the former bill. Um, basically, if, you know, if the bill had passed, it would have been almost instant, instant secession, instant nullification, and that.
0: Except it issues. wasn't. It was just a re- uh, resolution. Nothing well, would actually yeah, happen.
9: yes, and, yes, comma. However, you know, fair enough. Um, but you know, a lot of talk has been going back and forth about well, what do you do? You don't you don't just smile and play nice while someone is continually kicking you in the gut, and that's true. Mm-hmm. What is really, I mean, the most effective thing to do is to knock out the people who were bad, the 216 people who voted against the resolution. You, you start working now to knock them out in def- in November of 2010, which is when the next election is. Yeah. It turns out there are some very pro-Liberty people running for some special elections cases where uh, a seat has been vacated for whatever reason, death, disgrace, whatever. Um, so there are elections going on, like right now. And, um, you know, getting good people to run, getting good people to be in primaries, you you, you can take out bad people that way, even if you don't win. Like my, my favorite example was what we did here in Concord. Um a group of people that uh, some of them were porcupines, some of them just native liberty lovers, were running against a very evil statist woman. She happened to be a Republican, um, but she was in favor of an income tax and just voted horribly all the time. Mm-hmm. And they managed to knock her out in the primary. Um, and now the person in her spot is a Democrat who is completely against income taxes of all kinds who's on our side with a whole bunch of uh what you could call sunshine laws or what we call right to no laws here in the state. You know, he's very skeptical of, of government. He's a real real old style New Hampshire Democrat, so you know, that's that's someone who's voting our way a lot more of the time and knocking out someone who's voting against us a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, so. it's, it's progress. I mean, it's slow, but it is progress. We were talking earlier about Andrew Carroll's article that appeared in Cannabis Culture as of a couple of days ago where he uh, does a great job of plugging the Free State Project and talking about all the political opportunity that exists in New Hampshire as compared to California. He made a great point that out in California there are only 120 people in their state legislature, but there are millions of people in the state, whereas in New Hampshire there's like 1.5 million people and 400 plus people in the legislature. So this is really a place where political change is a, a possibility. It's a real possibility. In fact, we've already seen a handful of free staters elected. There are a number of liberty-friendly people already in the New Hampshire State House. And And what you're saying here, uh, Dennis, is that 2010 is going to be a real uh, run for the money because a lot of free staters are going to be able to run for office for the first time because you do have to have lived here for two years in order to run for the uh, for the state house. So that we should see even more free stater and free stater-friendly and liberty-oriented candidates coming up in 2010 and it's actually made a great point in the interview with dave ridley and that is that when they bring this piece of legislation back in 2010 this uh hcr6 this more bipartisan version which will hopefully bring the democrats more on board with it it's going to become a campaign issue
9: oh you bet i mean that it's not going to be a campaign issue in 2010 it, it's going to be a campaign issue in the run-up to the election the people who were so ticked off um that came to the rally and stuff, if those people do it not just for the one day, if they're willing to put in a couple hours a week, make some phone calls, write some letters to the editor, the ones who are really motivated, if they actually run for office, even just as paper candidates, even just to be on the primary to knock out someone bad, that's huge. That's not one issue. That's every single bill that comes down the pipeline for two solid years making an impact. And as far as Andrew Carroll goes, that that guy just impresses the heck out of me. You watch one day. I, I predict Andrew Carroll running for state senate and winning.
0: Well, very good. And hopefully he'll do it out here in Keene because <laughs> we need some help <laughs> I'd love out here. i to
9: replace Molly Kelly, yep. Very yeah.
0: good, sir. Hey, Dennis, thanks for the update. People can go to NHLiberty.org to learn more about what you're doing. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, Julia. Are you going to run for... Uh Or state representative?
3: No (laughs) way. I would have to be so bored to do that again. It was traumatizing.
0: You know, uh, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire approached me at the Liberty Forum and asked me if I would rejoin the LP and help them uh, take back the LP. And I just said, you know. Thanks for the invitation. I really appreciate you thinking about me, but no thanks.
3: When you run for office, I mean, you really see what a scam it all is. I I, I mean, essentially... What do you mean? Well, in Keene, I I ran for city council, right? And I really, I had never, I didn't go to city council meetings. I really didn't know any of the politicians. They were very threatened just by me putting my hat in the ring. Mm -hmm. And if one positive thing came out of it... All of the other ward seats were unopposed. At least I made my guy work for it. You know, all the other ones it just got Didn't look like he did in. that much work. No, but he had signs and stuff like that. And he did have to deal with two front page articles that were positive about me. Mm-hmm. So, but man, I realized very quickly that this is a tight knit club we've got here in Keene uh, on the city council. And, they and it's do like that not, everywhere. It is. It is like that everywhere. I'm not saying that's unique to Keene. But they are a club, and they do not want people in the club unless they want you in the club. I mean, these are families that go way back, that have been in charge of local government here for generations. And it tends to be all of, they, they're they part of the upper crust, uh, Keniac, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was attacked many times. I was a, not physically. Phys- uh, but
0: Anonymously attacked. Right.
3: And, I mean, they came to my work and harassed me. And, and I know that they were trying to do what they successfully did, which is make me never want to run again. Mm. And I'm sad to say that it, it worked because it was such a horrible experience that I would never want to repeat it and I would never want to wish it on anybody. I call it one of my most traumatic life experiences was wow. running for city council.
0: Well, hopefully there will be some people that are a little more into the whole political process right. that will be more interested in continuing it's to, such a joke. to do that. It's a, It's sad, and the rea- unfortunately, we have to deal with it, right? I mean, it's there. They are dangerous. That's a
3: very cruel joke.
0: Yeah. And hopefully we'll see some changes here this year, as we know at least a couple of uh, liberty-friendly New Hampshireites are going to be running, uh, at least here in the Keene area, and a whole lot more across the state. So it's pretty exciting. We'll keep you informed, and see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at com.